1: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to continue our deep dive into the off-seasons of the Eagles opponents this week. In the, first, uh, the last two episodes of this podcast, we looked at the Eagles' first eight opponents. Uh, We did four by four, and we're going to take care of the next four here on this episode of the podcast. So we'll kick off the second half schedule by taking a look at the off seasons of the L.A. Chargers, the Denver Broncos, the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants. So we'll dive into all the key acquisitions made by those teams, the key departures and uh, the drafts that each of those four teams have had, just as we've done the last couple of weeks here on this episode of Eye on the Enemy as we get you ready here for this 2021 Uh, regular season and training camp as they get set to open up in another month or so. So, let's dive right into this podcast. Let's not waste any time. Let's just talk about these teams because the Eagles have a tough... I think this is a tough schedule. As I've been going through this, I know they're playing a lot of teams with losing records, but I think a lot of these teams are going to bounce back in 2021. And I think the team that with with a losing record last year that probably has the best chance to bounce back and be a real impact team in the NFL is the next team we're going to talk about, and that's the L.A. Chargers. They went 7-9 and last year and finished in third place in the AFC West. But by every, every analyst's look at this team, by, by every measure you can consider, I think the Chargers have had, if not one of the best off-seasons, then perhaps the best off-season of any franchise in the NFL this year. Key additions and re-signings. Center Corey Lindsey, the best center in football. Tight end Jared Cook. Offensive tackle Matt Filer. Cornerback Michael Davis and cornerback Ryan Smith. Key draft additions. Offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. Cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. Wide receiver Josh Palmer. Tight end Trey McKitty. Edge rusher Chris Rumpf II. Key departures. Tight end Hunter Henry. Linebacker Denzel Perryman. Linebacker Nick Vigil. Safety Sean Jenkins. Guard Dan Feeney. Guard Sam Tevy and Casey Hayward cornerback. So uh, this was a team that finished up the season pretty good last year, won their last four games. But the Chargers every year, like the Falcons, and we talked about the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, seem to find ways to lose winnable games these last few years. And that's one of the reasons why Anthony Lynn was dismissed as the head coach. Perhaps, Perhaps no team in the NFL was more in need of a new direction at head coach. And so the Chargers dismissed Anthony Lynn. They went out and got themselves one of the best defensive minds in the game, former Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. And Staley certainly had a, a huge impact with the Rams. The Rams' defense was tops in the NFL in both points and yards allowed in 2020. So they are getting themselves an absolutely fantastic defensive mind. Of course, it's, it kind of goes against the grain in today's NFL to hire a defensive coordinator to be your head coach. Most of these are going to offensive guys these are the gurus you know that we hear so much about but uh, Staley's Rams have been a dominant defensive team for a number of years now and he's they're obviously hoping that he can bring the same kind of dominance to their defense that he brought to the LA Rams and hey nice for him he probably didn't even have to move you know <laughs> he goes from the LA Rams to the LA Chargers he probably gets gets to stay in the same house so the Chargers are led by their second year quarterback Justin Herbert and and Justin Herbert was just phenomenal last year as a rookie put up some insane numbers 4,336 yards 31 touchdowns 10 interceptions a 98.3 quarterback rating 66.7 completion rate you know this is a guy who I think out of college a lot of people thought he'd be good a lot of people figured he'd be a guy who would—he who, had tools. He obviously had all the tools to be a successful big league quarterback. But you know, I don't think anybody predicted that he would take the NFL by storm the way he did last year. But he does. He's got all the tools. He's got the size. He's got the arm strength. And the the Chargers made sure this offseason that they did everything they could to protect this investment, to protect this player. And they went out and they improved the offensive line in a big, big way. Perhaps the best move by any team this offseason was the signing of the best center in football, former Packer Corey Lindsley. I mean, this this guy is absolutely the best in the NFL. Allowed just four total pressures last year on 437 pass blocking attempts. Just a crazy number. The lowest pressure total. In the league. So you've got Corey Linsley now uh, hiking the ball to Justin Herbert and giving him all the protection. And then they also signed Matt Filer away from the Steelers. USA Today noted that over the last three years, Filer blew only 31 pass blocking assignments in just shy of 1,500 attempts. And in 903 run blocking snaps, he blew eight. And here's a guy who can also play tackle or guard. He gives you position flexibility, so he gives the t- the Chargers a-, a lot of different ways that they can construct the offensive line here, um, with having Filer in there as a guy who can play either tackle or guard. Those guys are so valuable. Um, those those position flexible guys, and then and then in the draft. They filled a big hole at left tackle by taking Northwestern tackle Rashawn Slater to be their starting left tackle. And no one thought that Slater would be there at 13, but but there he was, and he will. Fill, and there's some question marks as to whether or not he's, he's going to be a tackle in the NFL long term. There's a lot of people who think his arms aren't quite long enough to play a tackle so that he's more likely a guard, but um, the Chargers believe that the way he played in college, what they see on tape, he can be a left tackle, and so that's where he's going to start. And if he's successful there, it would fill a huge... Huge hole for LA's offensive line. They're going to try him at left tackle to start the season. Those are three impact players for the offensive line to protect your investment, to protect Justin Herbert. And they also got themselves a new right guard in Ode Abouche from the Lions. Um, The Chargers released Trey Turner last year and snapped up Abouche, who, as a starter in the second half of the Lions last year, only blew 33 blocks in 1,875 snaps. So they've got four new additions to this offensive line to protect Justin Herbert. That's a phenomenal offseason and that's just smart. It's it's a smart allocation of resources by the LA Chargers and that's one of the reasons why virtually everyone who looks at their offseason gave them an A for what they've done. now Herbert absolutely has some weapons to throw the ball to. They're bringing in tight end Jared Cook from the Saints. He caught 16 touchdowns the last 2 years for the Saints. Um He's going to be one of uh, Herbert's targets, obviously. Keenan Allen, tremendous talent at wide receiver. He caught 100 balls for 90, 992 yards last year in just 14 games. Mike Williams is the team's deep threat. 756 yards on 48 receptions, a 15.8 yards per reception average. And then uh, wide receiver three, Jalen Guyton, put up 511 yards on 28 receptions for an 18.3 yards per reception average. So there's plenty of options for, for Herbert to throw the ball to on the outside. Not much going in the running game for L.A. Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly are not huge threats to run the ball. Eckler led the team last year with just... 530 yards rushing but this is going to be a team that throws the football and so what the chargers are hoping that is that that staley comes in and provides some help to this defense that who needs it this is a defense that absolutely needs the help and he's expected to make a big impression the team is going to switch from a 4-3 to it looks like a 3-4 defense so there's going to be some adjustment there there might be an adjustment in year one and it might be an adjustment in the first half of the season but by the time game number nine rolls around they should have their sea legs under them, one would think. And Joey Bosa is the star for that defense. Um, you know, it's, switching to a, a, a three-four defense will be an adjustment, but um, he's expected to make the, make that adjustment. Um, so, uh, Bosa is going to be a guy who is going to probably be their big sack guy. But the defensive line could be a weakness for L.A. The team is hoping that Nasir Adderley can finally figure things out at safety, which would go a long way to making their secondary formidable and the chargers did have some luck in the draft with first round selection with their first round selection of slater who fell to them at number 13 and then a guy who a lot of people thought could be there in the who could go in the first round also was uh was samuel jr um they pick up a really solid looking cornerback prospect uh in the second round of the draft so You've got some help there in the secondary. And, and again, hopefully, if, if Adderley comes through for the Chargers, hopefully, for the Chargers, if Adderley can can figure things out, you've got yourself some good pieces there in the secondary. Asante Samuel Jr. will fill the hole left by Casey Hayward, who was released earlier this year. Um, Samuel won't have to be the number one corner, thank goodness. I mean, you'll have uh, the team re-signed Michael Davis to a, a contract, so he'll be, he'll be the number one guy looking to shut down other teams' number one wide receivers. So I think the Chargers are going to play a lot of high-scoring games. Uh, I, I mean, I think this is going to be a situation where you're looking kind of like a Dallas Cowboys situation. I mean, I think their defense is a little bit better than the Cowboys, but these two teams could be very similar in the types of games that they play this year. But no doubt about the fact that the Chargers look like they, they could— If the Chiefs stumble a little bit in the AFC West, the Chargers are primed to leapfrog them. If you're looking for a team to jump up and kind of surprise this year – Look for the L.A. Chargers. I think this is going to be a really tough game for the Eagles to win. Um, this is a this is a quarterback in Justin Herbert who is who is a superstar already and could make an even bigger leap here in year number two. All right, let's look at the Eagles' next opponent. An opponent, another A.F.C. West team, the Denver Broncos at five and eleven. And folks, this is not a good team. This is a, this is not a team that's going to surprise anybody. Key additions and re-signings for the Broncos: safety Justin Simmons, outside linebacker Von Miller, cornerback. Kyle Fuller, cornerback Ronald Darby, defensive end Shelby Harris, safety Kareem Jackson, and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Key draft additions: cornerback Patrick Sertan II, running back Javante Williams, and linebacker Baron Browning. Key departures: running back Philip Lindsay, outside linebacker Jeremiah Atashu, outside uh, offensive lineman Elijah Elijah. Let me get the name right. Elijah Wilkinson and cornerback AJ Boyer. So Vic Van, Vic Fangio. Back for another season as Denver's uh, head coach, and he has some work to do here. This is this is not a terribly good football team. And if somebody can explain to me what the Denver Broncos were thinking in this draft, they had a chance to get themselves a potential franchise quarterback in this draft. And instead, they decided to go out and spend their first-round pick on a cornerback. I, I, I just they spent the offseason upgrading the cornerback position in free agency with Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby. And then they passed up the opportunity to draft Justin Fields so they could draft another corner, Patrick Sertan. I don't under, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, unless maybe they just hated Justin Fields and maybe they just felt like this guy is no good at all. But, you know, the quarterback position is this team's biggest weakness. There's no answer at quarterback in Denver. Drew Locke is bad. Full stop. Drew Locke is a bad quarterback. The guy threw for 2,933 yards last year, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions for a 75.4 rating. This is not a good quarterback. This is not a guy you build around. And then you have Teddy Bridgewater coming in as his backup. Bridgewater might win the job out of training camp. He's also not the answer. We've seen Teddy Bridgewater in this league for I don't know why I'm getting mad. This is the Denver Broncos. I don't care if they stink if they make bad decisions. I just I I I, I start yelling about stupidity because stupidity is stupidity. I don't care who's being stupid. It's if it's stupid, and it, it, I just it it lacks all semblance of intelligence. I, I just don't understand passing on Fields in the first round of the draft, when Fields falls to you in that spot, you have a desperate need for quarterback. I mean, they have a desperate need for quarterback. And they pass on Fields. to I mean, Sertan's going to probably be a good cornerback. But what are you doing? Like, what is, what, what styrofoam peanuts are rattling around inside your brain where you're making that decision? I, I, if I was a Broncos fan, I you know you know how we felt after the Eagles passed up trading up for C.D. Lamb and going after Justin Jefferson and instead taking uh, Jalen Rager and then going and getting uh, Jalen Hurts in the draft uh, two years ago. Um, that's kind ca- that's got to be how the Denver Denver Broncos are feeling about just they're gonna they're gonna think about Justin Fields forever. No matter, you you can't tell me Broncos fans aren't gonna be keeping a close eye on on what Justin Fields does and wonder what if. Now, if Justin Fields stinks, then it's, they'll, I guess, be proven right in the long run. But this was bad process, no matter how you shake it out. This was just bad process. And so it's either going to be Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater as this team's starting quarterback. My guess is that you might see a situation where each of these guys start seven or eight games this year because when you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. And the Denver Broncos don't have any right now. Jerry Judy had a solid season as a rookie wide receiver last year, which will help whoever's that quarterback. He should progress on his rookie season last year. 856 yards on 52 catches and three touchdowns. Tim Patrick led the team with six receiving touchdowns. He hauled in 742 yards worth of passes, and the Broncos are hoping that last year's second round pick, K.J. Hamler, can rebound from a very subpar rookie season, just 381 yards receiving last year for Hamler. Melvin Gordon is back as the team's number one running back he did run for 986 yards and nine touchdowns in just 10 starts last year a 4.6 yards per uh yards per game uh, yards per rush average not yards per game that would be very bad um so melvin gordon if he's healthy can provide this team with uh with with some really good production at the running back position but it's an offense that needs the quarterback to work in order for the offense to work and on the surface this offense is not going to work it's 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 just not, and and I I can't understand for the life of me what the Denver Broncos are doing. This is a team the Eagles should beat this year. This is a team I feel like the Eagles are better than and should be able to pick up a win against the Denver Broncos uh, when they they face off against each other uh, later this year. All right, we're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the Eagles' next two opponents, the New Orleans Saints and the New York Football Giants. That's coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy.
2: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: And we're back with Eye on the Enemy. So let's continue looking at the Eagles' 2021 opponents. And we'll take a look at the New Orleans Saints right now who finished 12-4 in first place in the NFC South last year, but times they are changing In New Orleans, key additions and re-signings will start with the quarterback position, Jameis Winston, offensive tackle James Hurt, safety Marcus Williams, cornerback P.J. Williams. Key draft additions, edge rusher Peyton Turner. Not a whole lot else of note in the draft for the Saints. They obviously made some picks, but a lot of reaching going on in the draft by the Saints this offseason. Key departures, Drew Brees, of course. Uh, You've got Emmanuel Sanders Tight end Jared Cook, tight end Josh Hill, edge rusher Trey Hendrickson, defensive tackle Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, and cornerback Janaris Jenkins. So some big losses there, some big departures for the Saints, certainly more departures than additions for New Orleans this offseason. There is perhaps no NFL team Happier to see Drew Brees go away than the Philadelphia Eagles. He only went four and three against the Eagles in seven regular season games, but beat the Eagles three times in the playoffs, including the NFC divisional round in 2018, the year after the Super Bowl. So uh, replacing him is Jameis Winston, who is, in my opinion, objectively lousy. Uh, it's a, it's quite a downgrade. And and now I guess we'll see just how good Sean Payton and his offensive uh, Brain power really is. Taysom Hill will presumably get a chance to win the starting job too. By the time uh, the season rolls around, uh, by the time the Eagles, you know, play game number ten against New Orleans, um, it'll be either Jameis Winston uh, or Taysom Hill. My guess is it'll probably be Winston. Um, the Saints had to basically do nothing this offseason because they are in the same kind of salary cap purgatory that the Eagles have been um, this past year. And based on the lack of offseason additions and and the way things are looking cap-wise moving forward, they're going to continue to wallow in in some cap purgatory. They've also spent a lot of their draft picks on free agents and trades uh, over the last few seasons in an effort to keep the Super Bowl window open. They were never able to get there. Does all that sound familiar, Eagles fans? It should, because um, they kind of mirror each other here. Um, The Saints lost Cook and wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders in free agency, didn't make any major additions on offense. The Saints did use the franchise tag on Williams, which they had to do, but losing edge rusher Trey Hendrickson is a big loss too, as is cornerback Janoris Jenkins. So New Orleans also did not get a lot of help in the draft class. Uh, They got edge rusher Peyton Turner in round number one, but I know a lot of people thought he was a reach in the first round of the draft, and they didn't get a whole lot else uh, to give them a boost in 2021 after that. But the Saints do have some talent. It's not as though this team is bereft of talent. You didn't go 12 and 4 last year without being a, a pretty talented team. Alvin Kamara obviously remains one of the most potent weapons in the game. 932 yards and 16 touchdowns on the ground last year, along with 756 receiving yards and 83 catches, another 5 touchdowns. That's 1688 total yards and 21 total touchdowns. Uh, for Alvin Kamara last season. Latavius Murray added 656 yards on the ground as the number two running back. So a potent running game to help out Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, whoever the quarterback is. And they still have Michael Thomas, one of the five best wide receivers in baseball, looking for a bounce-back season after he played just seven games last year, looking fully healthy to going back to being maybe the best wide receiver in football. And then you've got Traquan Smith, who could take the next step as he moves into the number two role, caught 34 ball for 448 yards last season. He's a guy who can who can burn you deep And the and the Eagles have some experience getting getting burned by Smith. So, uh, they'll certainly recognize him when uh when they meet up uh, later in the offseason, but bit uh, later in the regular season, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Saints look like this year without Drew Brees. This is a obviously a different era. It's going to be more of a struggle for New Orleans, but you know, 12 and 4, how far are they going to fall from 12 and 4 because like I just mentioned, they have some talent there on the offensive side of the ball and defense should still be a a decent unit. They did lose some they did lose some players and, and were not able to backfill. So I, I don't I don't know if this is more than a nine win team now. It might be an eight win team. Um, this might be a team that goes 8-9, and nine, but they're probably more like a 500 team now than they than they have been, rather than a perennial Super Bowl contender like they have been in years past. Alright, final team we're going to look at here on this episode of Eye on the Enemy is division rival the New York Giants. Finished 6-10, second in the NFC East last year, and they have had a very busy offseason. Key additions and re-signings, wide receiver Kenny Galladay, defensive end Leonard Williams, cornerback Dore Jackson, tight end Kyle Rudolph, running back Devontae. Booker, wide receiver John Ross, quarterback Mike Glennon, defensive tackle Danny Shelton, linebacker Reggie Ragland, tight end Kelvin Benjamin, some key draft additions, wide receiver Kadarius Tony, edge rusher Aziz Ojalari, cornerback Aaron Robinson, and then you've got key departures, guard Kevin Zeitler, defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, edge rusher Kyle Fackrell, and linebacker David Mayo. So finally, we get to talk about another NFC East team. This is only the second time we've had a chance to talk about an NFC East team, and this is opponent number 11 for the East eagles here in 2021 now make no mistake if the giants struggle this year it will be the fault of their quarterback daniel jones because the giants dave gettleman went out and they loaded this team at the skill positions Getting wide receiver Kenny Galladay was a huge move to boost the wide receiver core. And he'll give the Giants a very dangerous set of receivers, along with Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. And they went on and got speed guy John Ross. And then, after, after, you know, you've already got four decent wide receivers, four decent to excellent wide receivers, they... They were obsessed with taking a wide receiver in the first round of the draft, which I just don't understand. You've got Galladay, Slayton, Shepard, Ross, and, you know, there's other areas on the team where, where you could improve. To go and pick wide receiver Kadarius Tony. I mean, they made a good move moving down and getting a first round pick next year in the draft by move, moving down and lower into the draft made all the sense in the world once the Eagles jumped up and, and grabbed Devontae Smith in front of them, but... You know, I I just don't understand Kadarius Tony. I, I I don't get the pick. When you've where is he going to play? You know, when's he going to play? How's he going to get in there? It's just a weird move given all the other investments that they made at wide receiver. If, you know, they wanted Devonta Smith and didn't get him for some reason. I don't know what happened there. They, they really should have tried harder, I guess. But no, it's, 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 it's interesting that I, I don't understand the obsession with getting a wide receiver in the first round, given all the other talent that they have at wide receiver. Now, the offensive line could still be a little bit of a question mark, but it will be much improved if last year's first round pick Andrew Thomas gets better in year number two, and also tackle Nate Soldier is returning after opting out last year due to COVID, so the offensive line should be an improved unit next season, uh, this coming season. Uh, so this, I think, all falls at the feet of Jones, who is still taking a ton of sacks, who is still fumbling the ball, who is still turning the ball over. You know, I, I've I've always been, I think I've been the high man on Jones among Eagles fans. I feel like he's he's got a lot of talent. I think he has the talent to be a good quarterback i think he could be an eli manning like passer in the pocket but he has got to protect the football and he's got to stay on his feet and of course you know the giants will get uh, saquon barkley back um they're gonna have one of the best running backs in football to go along with all those talented receivers and and with a hopefully a better offensive line so this this offense has a ton of a ton of talent at the skill position um the defense also improved over the final six games of last year, and they're, the Giants are hoping that that's going to be um, a good indication of what's coming up here in 2021. Although, to be fair, in the second half last year, the Giants played a lot of games against NFC East opponents, who mostly stink. But over the last eight games, they held opponents to 20 points or fewer six times out of those eight games. The Giants signed Adore Jackson, a cornerback, to go along with James Bradbury, so that should give New York some some talent there on the outside. Second-round pick Ojalari could be a sneaky, quality grab at linebacker for them, too, in their 3-4 defense. And uh, along the defensive line, they brought back Leonard Williams, a key part of their defensive attack, along with uh, linebackers Blake Martinez, Lorenzo Carter. They're both back for another season. Outside linebacker O'Shane Jimenez is, is going to be back. So, you know, Joe Judge wants blood. There's no doubt about the fact the Giants want some. So the Giants want the Eagles' blood. And I think at the moment, the Giants are the more talented team. I think the Giants are a more talented team. After an eight-game losing streak against the Eagles and a recent stretch where they lost 12 out of 13, the Giants finally beat the Birds last November 27-17 and I think are ready to swing momentum in this long-running rivalry back to their side, at least for one more season. At least for one more season. I think the Giants have done a really good job this offseason of going out and improving their club making themselves better, and I think right now they are a more talented team than the Philadelphia Eagles. But for how long that, that remains to be the case, we'll see how quickly the Eagles are able to bounce back and, and rebound after what we hope will be just one season where they're not playing so hot. So that is a look at the Eagles' next four opponents. That's our breakdown of the L.A. Chargers. That's our breakdown of the Denver Broncos, of the New Orleans Saints, and the New York Giants. And uh, next week, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of NFC East opponents. And so um, we will have that for you next week on Eye on the Enemy. We'll give you a breakdown on the Dallas Cowboys and Washington football team i know we already talked about them we'll also talk a little new york jets everybody loves a little new york jets conversation and we'll dive into some uh some some more eagles talk as well too hopefully you know we're in the dead spot here in the in the off season so not a lot going on with the birds but uh next week hopefully we'll have some some more news coming your way that we can that we can dish about here on eye on the enemy thanks everybody for tuning in we will talk to you next time here on eye on the enemy